in 2000, I developed or started Dig for Kids, which is a nonprofit. And that's kind of the purpose of the nonprofit is to motivate these kids to do big things, start developing skills to give. And um, so it was more of them or teaching them what I want them to know about life and and hopefully that they would be motivated by it and to dream. I mean, that's basically why we do certain things is because we, we want it bad enough. This episode is brought to you by West Coast Beach, a year-round beach volleyball club on the west side of Los Angeles in Santa Monica, California. At West Coast Beach, we aim to get 1% better every day, both on and off the court. You can find more info about us at westcoastvbc.com and on Instagram with handle at West Coast VBC. All right, I'm here with the one and only Eric Fanoi Moana. Eric, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, this is gonna be great. Yeah, absolutely. Eric, the body, the <laughs> Manhattan Beach native. You went to Miracosta High School. You went to UCSB, the MVP of your senior year. You're also in the Hall of Fame there. You're an AVP 13-time champion named MVP in 2002, a two-time Manhattan Beach Open winner, and you're also an Olympic gold medalist from the year 2000 with Dane Blanton. You're uh, in the CBVA Hall of Fame. You're also the founder of the nonprofit Dig for Kids, which helps inner-city kids excel in school, volleyball, and athletics. You're the uh, co-owner and coach of Elite Beach Volleyball Club in Manhattan Beach and the varsity head coach of Miracosta High School, which is a two-time state champion team. You also work uh, in real estate at Schneider Properties. Once again, Ifanoi, thank you so much for being here. Absolutely. That's a lot of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Let's jump right into it. E, what does living an inspired life mean to you? Um, for me, I've always been one to give back first. I think that's just the way I've grown up. An inspired life is kind of someone that you look at and go, gosh, that guy helped me do things that I normally wouldn't have done um, or gave me an opportunity to grow as a person. Um, I think that's inspiring. I'm trying to figure that out for my own kids. I wish they would listen to what I'm saying. <laughs> Um, but I think that's kind of the direction I've always been part of. I'm more of a giver than a receiver. I don't really like, I'll take gifts, don't get me wrong, but I'd rather not get them. I'd rather give them. That's awesome. That's so awesome. And, you know, this whole project is for the youth athlete, you know, trying to figure out how to stay inspired for them, especially during this time. It's a weird quarantine time. So how do you stay inspired outside of the game? I use I use others. I surround myself with great people. I think that's a anybody that's out there that's trying to take. I try to keep them at a distance. Um, I like to keep people who are like minded, who are uh, positive, and bring something to the table too. Meaning that they um, can potentially give me information that will inspire me or give me information that I could use in my daily life. Um, but you know, I, you're on the emails that I have as well. It's just more of, I use others to help me get through some tough times where I'm like, gosh, I'm kind of going through the motions. And then I use others to like, Hey, get yourself back into 
uh, your groove. And we all fall into those situations where we're just kind of like, what are we doing? And especially during this time. So my goal is to come out better uh, as a person and hopefully uh, I can inspire others along the way. Love that. Um, you know, in that last email that I got from you, you, you actually included uh, right in the very first part of it, a really cool video from Tony Robbins. Uh, it was called Limitless Passion. Uh, he talks about progress, happiness, rituals, focus, and creating a story. I was just wondering if you could just um, just expand on, on that message and, and just tell us why that you put that, why you put that video in your email. Well, I think for me, at least for a weekly goals that I have is I want to see progress. Um, and then during this time, you know, when we're completely shut down, I was, I was very, um, goal oriented and I was getting through a lot of stuff and I was really, really busy with work and all kinds of, um, tasks and, and things that I wanted to get accomplished and be a little bit more organized and everything was getting, I was so busy doing all this stuff at the same time. I was like, well, what did I accomplish? And after a while I was like, I need to do something a little bit more meaningful than just getting through what I need to get through. It was mm. great to be organized and I'm going to be extremely successful when we're able to do more. But in the meantime, I did get a few ruts for a week or so going, gosh, I didn't really felt like I didn't do as much as I normally do and creating that progress on a daily basis. And then that's that mindset where you're, when you do have progress, you're such a better person mentally. So Tony Robbins, he's, he does it right. I mean, he, he has some great messages out there that I you know, like to listen to. And then there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of Kobe tributes that I like to listen to. He was, I was a big fan and Michael Jordan coming right now. It's like the perfect storm is happening for me to continue with my own motivation to be successful. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. That video charged me up. So I'm going to leave a link on this one uh, for that video. I appreciate how you started the email with that. That was pretty cool. Yeah, and we all need a little help. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, well, let's let's think back to practice. I know we haven't practiced in a while, but just in general, you and I want you to answer this from your experience as a player and now as a coach. What does having an inspired practice mean to you? Well, you should have a mission before you get to practice. And what are you trying to accomplish? Uh, and, and then at the end, if you put out your best effort for that day, then you've, you've done your job. But I see just that was my focus as a player. As a coach, I would like to see players take on that responsibility and be the best they can be for that practice. Um, and that's, that's how you get better. You know, you can't sit there and go, um, uh, and keep on watching. I'll use Karch cause he was, you know, the, the best of the best at that point. And Phil can be in there as well. And some other players that give and guys that continue to play, but it's more of, I can't look at what they, they do. I have to look at how I'm doing. Um, and then along the way, if I'm, you know, progressing and getting better and, and focused on a woman trying to accomplish it, my goals, then I can start looking at them. You can always look at them to, to beat, but at the same time, you need to focus in on your best self and 
and put in the work and um, and give out some daily goals and weekly goals, even practice goals. Absolutely love that. You know, uh, to me, practice is everything because everything is a practice. So how do you use everything you just said right there and transfer that over into your daily life? Well, I'm, I have a plan. I have to have a plan for, for the day. And then I have a plan for the week. Uh, that plan adjusts, though, too. I'm not always, um, I don't do all of the plan, but for the most part, it's there to give me some guidance on what I wanted to get accomplished. Um, and then if I can do a lot during that week, then I, at the end of the week, you feel like, gosh, I did a lot this week. Right. And my list always continues. So if I didn't do it that week, it will be on the next week and it will get done. It's just a matter of, I have to have my list and I'm old school. I still write it down. I don't put it in the, in my phone. I, I want it on a piece of paper. I want to cross it up, you know, put a line through it and say, yeah, that one's done. So I, I kind of like to see that kind of progress on a daily basis and a weekly basis. Love that. Um, so we talked about practice. How about a game? What does an inspired game feel like to you? Inspired game is when you're actually crushing the other team. <laughs> um, inspired game for me is just more of that I'm playing at a high level. I'm totally engaged in the game. Um, my thought process is very simple. It's, it's you know, one play at a time. Um, I'm not worried about what happened the last point. Um, like... For instance, if I were to get a shot that was dug and then they put the ball away, it doesn't bother me. I know what I should have done. That was probably a bad decision at that point. Um, but I'm over it. I'm, I'm move, I moved on to the next play. I got to worry about passing. Especially they, they usually will go after the person who makes an error or they did get a point off of. So I got to focus on the next play and then continue doing that over and over again. But then it's when it's my turn to serve then I'm thinking, gosh, you got to make up for that error. So let's put them at a disadvantage and be a little bit more aggressive um, and try to get that point back or be ultra focused on my defensive scheme where if I put them in a corner uh, on my serve, then I'm putting myself in a better defensive position to score defensively or dig a ball or read their shots. Okay. And how does an inspired game, uh, sorry, how does an inspired practice carry over to an inspired game? You know, when you have good practices and you feeling good going in the game because you feel like you're really prepared, that's what you want, but you definitely have to do it during practice. There's no, you know, I, I just kind of recall when I was on tours, it's more of, I did all my work during practice. Um, like I felt that I didn't have, uh, the weekend before I felt like I wasn't passing that well. Well, guess what? That week would be dedicated to passing. Or if I wasn't running down enough shots, that week would be dedicated to running down shots. Yeah, I love that. Just working on some of the weaknesses and, and continue to work on your strengths too. You know, since this project is all about the tools, you know, what tools can you offer like when you're uninspired in practice or uninspired in a game? If, I don't know if that happens to you, but or when you see um, your athletes go through that, you know, what, what are some things you can offer in that moment to snap out of that? 
Well, I think it's a discussion. I've had multiple discussions at our practices, and I know the player isn't playing up to their potential, so you pull them aside and not try to embarrass them, and you have a talk with them like, hey, I know you can play better than this. It's more of let's focus in. I'm not sure what's going on. I don't – with girls, you got to be real careful about what you say to them. But at the same time, you can have these discussions, and as you get to know them as people – then you can figure out how to motivate them during the practice and to say, I know you can do better than this. Yeah, let's, let's turn it around. I'm with you. That's awesome. Yeah. I love that. Uh, you mentioned mindset earlier. Let's, let's get a glimpse of the Ifanoi mindset. Uh, can you just give us a glimpse of what you're thinking pre during and post training sessions and games? The pre is more of, I need to focus in on just myself and, and, getting myself ready on a game routine mentally and physically um, getting a proper warm-up um, and then getting my my head straight and figuring out who we're playing and and try to figure out a game plan uh, before that and just kind of remember what they do and their weaknesses and um, and as I'm sitting there going through my game routine it's more I'm feeling out myself too where am I during this game, do I feel tight? Do I feel like I'm ready to go? Uh, and working through that to get to that point, like, yeah, when this whistle blows, I am ready to go. Um, so I'm always kind of listening to my body and like, hey, I need to stretch my back out a little bit more or warm up my arms a little bit. My legs aren't really going. Then I need to figure out how to, you know, worry about myself and then get into that mindset of, of the game. And then why the game is going is there's a lot of, you know, feeling out the other team, meaning that, hey, this, we were going to go after the left sider and he's on today. So guess what? Abandoned ship on the game plan. <laughs> Let's go after the right sider and, and see if he's off. And then, um, you know, it, it just, it's always evolving. And then more than anything, you got to worry about one play at a time, one play at a time, side out and keeping it simple is probably the best. And then, Things aren't going well, stall. <laughs> there's a lot of things you can do, but just to regroup, there's plenty of things you can do to kind of figure, I better slow this thing down, or if you're going, you're winning, then let's speed it up a little bit. Yeah, I love that. So I've, I've asked, um, you know, all of my guests the same question, but I'm really interested in, in the champions like yourself about your self-talk during the game. You know, what does that look like? Uh, just give us a glimpse of the self-talk because it's a little different than the whole mindset. Yeah, my self-talk, um, I'm pretty aggressive. So that's my style is um, if I get blocked, I'm, I'm 100% I'm going to hit again. Um, <laughs> So I'm more of um, that's how I get out of game situations or plays that are, I guess, less aggressive. I kind of just turn it around and be a little bit more aggressive. And, and there's a lot of breathing going on there as well. Um, you said breathing? Breathing. Mm. Yeah, just mindful breathing. We're trying to get when you are calm and you're not – panting if you will that's when you play your best when you're you know struggling with your breath and you're um you have a lot, a lot of anxiety 
Getting this is a key to just kind of calm yourself down so you can play at a high level. Love that. I love that. Are there any specific uh, breathing techniques that you practice or you teach? Um, well, even before you play, there's breathing techniques that you can do. I, I just kind of sit by myself and just breathe through my nose and, um, and kind of keep it simple. But during the game, when you are long rallies, is if you can figure out how to calm your breath. And one that I always use is in through the nose and slowly out through your nose. And if you can't do it out through your nose, slowly out through your mouth, um, that will calm your breath and kind of bringing your, uh, your anxiety down too. And so you can sit there and go, okay, now I'm calm. And it, it could take two breaths and you can be right back in the zone. So, um, I use it as a technique to try to get back to where I need to be. I love that. I love that. How about stoppage time, E? How do you utilize stoppage time? And there's there's so much stoppage time, uh, especially in our sport, but any sport. You know, I, I feel <clears throat> excuse me. I feel like some of the great athletes and champs really, really utilize stoppage time to their benefit. Would you agree with that? That's the probably key to the whole thing. Is during that time is whether you're doing defensive schemes or offensive schemes. If we can get on the same page especially defensively, let's say you're gone and I'm going to jump into the block on the angle block and I'm a defensive guy and I'm going to jump into my line. If they see the spot and then, and figure out what your defensive scheme is as a team, you're like, okay, no big deal. We'll side out. But if you're as a team and all of a sudden one of you messes up, Oh, like I oh, shoot. I forgot that one. I didn't, I, I'll do that next time. That kind of sits there and goes, well, why weren't you there? We just talked about that, you know? And, and these schemes, if someone figures you out, then they're on it, you know? Now you have to, as someone who's aggressive, now you're gonna have to turn up your serves, you're gonna have to take more risk. Uh, percentages, you're gonna have to be more aggressive on even low percentage shots or serving low percentage, but at the same time, these little communications that you can have as much as possible during stoppage take advantage of it as opposed to not saying anything to each other and expect like <laughs> i wish you would have said something <laughs> right that communication with the players that you have and your partners is is it's such an important part especially in two-man volleyball um that you can add advantage and then at the same time, it could be a disadvantage if you don't, if you don't utilize, if you don't say anything, then you can be at a giant disadvantage. Right. And just staying on that for a second. So let's say in between plays, you have eight to 10 seconds, sometimes more, sometimes less. How much of that time are you reflecting on the last play or setting up the next play or just staying right in the present? You got to stay in the present. There's no need to do anything. Just more communication, uh, who's got what and maybe even you talk about self-talk maybe you have to give yourself a little positive self-talk or you got to give it to your partner like hey you got this if they're in the tank I'll take the middle in case they get it and I'll I'll take the middle away from you um, you worry about passing we're going to side out and then also I typically would probably take the blame on let's say they're serving my partner and I you know gave a decent set and they made an error like, hey, that's my bad. I'd try to take the blame so they won't be getting in the 
you know, negative self-talk. Um, that's very helpful for any player. It's like, hey, that, you know, my bad, I'll get you a little bit closer. Uh, how was the set? I try to get as much information out of them. The, you know, the ultimate goal is to side out, at least on the offense. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, let's move into emotion. What are the differences and similarities in emotion from both an inspired practice and an inspired game? The motion, what do you mean by motion? Just well, you know, emotion is a big part of this whole thing. And and really what I mean is emotional management, because we have ups and downs, highs and lows. But you know, I'm really I'm really curious about the inspired practice and inspired game, because that's the whole goal, is try to get right. to that place more. Yeah, the emotions are everything. If you don't feel it, <laughs> like I can tell if you're not into it. Right. So now I gotta figure out as a coach is how do I get you into it? And then the number one thing though is we have good days and we have bad days. But the good days I want, if it's 100%, I want the whole 100%. On the bad day, you're about 80%. I want all 80%. So if they kind of understand that concept and I'm not mad at you for having a bad day, I'm, I still want max effort. Um, and then we'll work on how to be efficient with that 80% because I was just thinking about how much I've been injured in my career and maximizing out on, you know, my whole effort and being really, really smart. Like if they hit it to my left, my shoulder's injured. So I'll just let that one go. Um, or, you know, if I can't jump as high, then I better be seeing the court extremely well. Uh, all these mm. things that you have, you know, that's what I mean by like, I may not be a hundred percent, but I'm going to give you everything I got at, at whatever level I have. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, could you talk a little bit about the Olympics and your emotional management during that whole time? I know that tournament's a little different than other tournaments. It's, it's over two weeks, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, just talk about how you dealt with that from the highs and the lows and, and obviously how to peak at the right time. Um, gosh, we, Dane and I were focused really just on one game and one point. Um, we didn't look ahead. Um, we thought that our best, when we play our best is more of motivating each other, feed off each other and Obviously, we want to win, but not be so concerned about how close we are um, with the other team, because I think that's what we also want to do. We want to at least keep it close, or we'll blow you out, one or the other. We're, <laughs> we're, we want to be as competitive as possible so we can make plays at the end. But more than anything, we didn't – if we made an error, I bet you we forgot about it the next play. There was no, like, oh – I should have sighed out or they dug me. It would be like, who cares? Let's go to the next play. Uh, we scored points. Okay, let's get another one. Yeah, it was very simple uh, in the mindset and also the goals that we were trying to accomplish and how we got there is we didn't have anybody, the media, didn't even know we were there until we started making some noise. So with any demands, there weren't any demands and we just go to events and um, the training days, we'd be focused training. It was an hour away from the Olympic Village, so it wasn't like an easy 
let's go over there. And when we got to there, we just working on our skills, figuring out who we play, and then came up with a game plan and execute the game plan as best we could. I love it. Could you talk a little bit about the last point where you went up and got that stuff block and just when you turn back and you just that, that elation and, and, and if you could talk about that as well as the feeling of when you were standing on the podium and, and heard the, uh, the national anthem. Well, I think I was ahead of the, the blocking game, meaning that before no one would swing block. <laughs> <laughs> And I, the only reason why I was thinking about it, I was like, you know what? We need to finish this thing now, sooner than later, because we don't want them to kind of keep us at that point for a while. And all of a sudden, they kind of get another point and make it a little bit closer and then get another point. And then all of a sudden, now we're in a dogfight. Um, so my whole goal was just to get up as high as possible on us. Zamarco was going to hit at line, I was going to stuff him. But if he didn't, it was going to go up a little bit higher and then Dane would have a little bit more time to get it. Um, and it just, the timing was as good as it gets. Um, I think I probably hit it harder than he did it with my block. <laughs> so, um, but a good way to finish the Olympic run was, I mean, I couldn't ask for another way to do it. Um, and then just being, you know, tackling Dane, it was just more of like all of a sudden it was like slow-mo. Um, and then I didn't really think about what we actually accomplished until we started walking around. And, you know, this the fans after that one. I didn't even remember hearing the fans. That's how focused that we were um, with 10,000 people and they're yelling and screaming. And it's, it is as loud as it gets in any stadium. Um, so I was just more of the moment and then, you know, tackling Dane. And then as we're kind of getting through all the people and, and hearing it for so long, and then all of a sudden you're just like, wow, I just can't believe that this happened. Um, you know, pinch yourself. This is a, you know, now take it all in. And then that's when I started looking around even more like, wow, this stadium was rocking. Where were these people when we were playing? <laughs> they were there and they were loud, but I didn't really hear Dana and I probably didn't hear them. Um, and then when I do see the videos now and how loud it is, I'm like, wow, that's that's like ultra focus. Um, and again, that has to do with the preparation and and you know figuring out it's just one point of, at a time, and, and then good things happen. You know, I, I saw a recent interview uh, of you and you said that you were seven years old when you knew you wanted to be in the Olympics. Is that true? That is. Yeah, my sister was an Olympian. Um, she was a 100 meter butterfly. And I was a soccer player at that time. And I just figured I'm going to go professional soccer and, and play. Um, Volleyball, indoor volleyball was in there a little bit. I played a little beach um, when I was in high school. And then I would just play like the CBVAs, but there was really no thinking that I'm going and play on, on tour at that point. I thought about it. And then once I got into high school, senior in high school, then that's where I started. Like I played all the time, all summer long uh, in college. I was down there logging in some serious hours, six, seven hours a day. Um, 
that's all we did. Went in the water, surfed, got out of the water, played volleyball, and then back again. <laughs> Pretty good life. I mean, I don't think yeah. there's very many players that do that anymore, but that's, a, that's like a vacation right now. Well, another reason why I wanted you to be on, uh, you know, this this project is it's really about what you do with your win um, and what you've done with your win. And I, I also wrote down something that you you mentioned: dreams do come true. And you tell that to the kids when you when you go share your gold medal with kids. Can you just talk about that and the impact that you're having on the on the youth with specifically with your gold medal? Yeah, in two thousand I developed or started Dig for Kids, which is a nonprofit. And that's kind of the purpose of the nonprofit is to motivate these kids to do big things, not just, hey, let's just kind of do what I'm supposed to do and not be an asset to like your community and, and to, to others. Um, and don't be just, you know, a taker. Start developing skills to give and um, so it was more of them or teaching them what I want them to know about life and, um, and hopefully that they would be motivated by it and to dream. I mean, that's basically why we do certain things is because we, we want it bad enough. And I tell them the message too, like, if you want it bad enough, you can do whatever you want. Um, yeah. you have to do the work. And I think that that's what's missing um, for most people to be successful, they do the work and then they'll do it again. Um, what people usually, what happens when they don't make it, they just, it's too hard. Right. right. So I don't want, I'm out. You know, it's an easy way to get out of it. It's just too, too difficult. So. Yeah. Oh, well, speaking of doing the work, you know, another reason why you're inspiring is uh, you actually recently competed in the AVP again after a 10 year hiatus. And uh, I was able to watch that uh, 2018 Hermosa with Jeremy Casebeer. Um, I was wondering if you could talk a little, oh, as well as the Dino uh, recently, uh, which I also watched. Could you talk a little bit about the flow? Because you mentioned being in the zone earlier um, and specifically used the the experience in the recent Hermosa and the Dino tournaments, because that's should be fresh in your brain, right? Um, talk a little bit about, can you identify when you are in the game, in the flow or in the zone? Uh, the zone's tough to be in there. It's more of, one is you're having fun. I think that's gotta be part of that whole, being in the zone or, or in the flow, it's, you gotta be having fun and, and enjoying what you're doing. Um, it helps when your body is allowing you to do it. And that's kind of the things that was happening at Hermosa uh, Open with Jeremy is my body was healthy for once. Um, I couldn't keep the jump as, as, as I used to just cause I wasn't conditioned to play in that. Um, but, as far as being in that zone and kind of being confident, um, I was good just because I was, I was healthy and I was just having fun with it. Uh, and then the dinosaur, same thing. I'm just having fun. I like playing the game still. I love playing, um, competing. I'm just out there and enjoying myself at this point. It's not uh, work. It's more of let's go have some fun with some friends and, um, the Hermosa Open was just more of 
this is a friend of my family in a sense that these guys that are in the stands, which there's a lot of loud, loud hecklers that day, uh, they wanted to see something special. And, and I gave them a show as much as I could or as long as I could too. Yeah, it was awesome and inspiring. And also shout out to Clint Coe uh, for, uh, for, you know, playing with him in the, in the dyno. I was wondering if you could, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. No, I was wondering if you could talk a little bit more about uh, the zone um, and in terms of uh, getting back in the zone when you're out of the zone in the middle of the game. Uh, are there any tools? You mentioned breathing earlier. Um, can you even, is it even possible to try to get back in or do you, do you just have to allow it? Well, the, the zones is a tough place because, I mean, if you're in the zone, I wouldn't serve you. <laughs> You'd be in a zone setting. That's about all you're going to be doing. Um, so that's kind of the hard part about being there. It's just more of every, you're aware. Everything seems to kind of slow down. Um, your mind is working at full capacity, meaning that you see things that are happening maybe even before someone else does them. Mm -hmm. um, but that means you're just fully in tune with what's going on in the situation. Um, so the zone doesn't happen that often, but you can kind of keep yourself at a high level if more if you're mentally engaged in what you're trying to accomplish. That's when you are focused and you're, you don't have any outside distraction or someone says something and you're not rattled, that's probably as close as you can to get the zone and then playing at a high level, meaning that when you're going and you're hitting on offense, you see your, your vision is so good that you, you see the court as a, just a giant, giant space and put the ball away. Is that a feeling that, uh, you can practice? No, the best thing you can do is just work on your skills and, and hone in on stuff that you feel like you're not very good at. Obviously, you said that before is practice stuff that you are good at, too. But the ones that you're not good at, those are the ones that you need to start working more and more and more and do the work. Um, at that point, then you'll give yourself a better chance to get into that flow state. But it's more of um, you have to do all the skill work because in beach volleyball, you can't hide. So. If you're not very good at something, I'm going to make sure that you do it over and over again. Yeah, yeah, for sure. No, last question about flow, because uh, it seems to be a recurring theme. Um, is it possible to bank being in the flow in practice <clears throat> and then saving it later for the game? Yeah, again, it's a tough, it's tough to be in there in that state of, you know, in the zone. I don't know how many people get in there that often. Right, it's rare. I want to be close to getting in there where um, you're playing at a high level, but I would, for athletes, I think they should be worried about doing the skill work and then also learning how to manage the game as you're playing it. That's more important to do than trying to figure out how I'm going to get in the zone and what's what's good you know, how do I get there and how do I get there? You, There's other ways that you'd be better served putting your efforts in and trying to figure out how am I going to get in the zone. Yeah, got it. Okay. Uh, let's move on to uh, sources. E, where do you get inspiration from? Gosh, 
Um, I'm self-motivated for, for the most part. I do have uh, good days and bad days, just like everyone else. Um, I will look to the internet and look for YouTube and just see things that uh, interest me, um, especially, you know, when things were like Kobe's situation, when he passed, I, I looked for him for inspiration. Uh, Michael Jordan's up now. Uh, I'll look for him for inspiration. Um, anybody that's on the internet, really, that I could look for inspiration, then I'll, I'll, I'll listen to it. Um, I'm probably just like everyone else. I probably have about 10 minutes, <laughs> 10 to 15 minutes of attention span before I'm like, okay, I'm out. Uh, so hit me with something that's really interesting and then, um, I'll use it for, for the week and, and then go from there. But I'm always looking for stuff. I'm not like, I got this, you know, I have slow weeks and, and really super busy weeks, but, um, I look to others sometimes to help me mentally and motivational. Like, Oh yeah, they're in the same boat. Sometimes you need that reminder. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, just a few more questions and I'll let you go here. But I, I was inspired by a quote that you said from uh, a recent interview and you, you said, what do you want to be known for? You know, do you want to be known for your wealth or do you want to be known for, you know, being loving and caring and did he give back? Um, there's life wealth. I was wondering if you could kind of expand on what you meant by life wealth. Life wealth is just how I was brought up. I was brought out again, you know, I do the work. I'm a giver. Um, I try to help others whenever I can. I coach my, my parents. Um, my mom was in real estate. I'm in real estate. My mom was in charity work. I'm in real uh, charity work. Uh, my dad was a coach. I'm a coach. My dad was a hard worker. Um, I work hard. So it was just more of how you, you were brought up. And then that helped me kind of create who I was, who, who I am and what, what motivates me and how do I feel that I feel a little bit when I'm given people, I've given a lot for these, these kids, um, especially in high school, the girls, uh, the Maricosta high school team, the elite girls, I'm enjoying it. I'm just kind of having fun with all that and, and figuring out ways to motivate them uh, and get to them on their level as far as skill works, how to teach. I'm always trying to figure that out. I'll maybe listen to stuff that you have or stuff that another coach has or, you know, some of the beach programs, what they have, and I'll look at it and I'll be like, oh, that's a good idea or hmm, that would be a better idea and, and kind of tweak it a little bit, whether it be the drills or even how to say certain things to them, like blocking. This is what I should do. You should do blocking and like, wait a minute, they're not really getting it. So now I have to reword it and maybe I'll use your words instead of mine that I used to use or I'm always trying to learn. Love that. I just have one more question for you and I want to let you run. But, uh, you know, you mentioned a couple things about uh, challenges for your athletes. Um, maybe you want to be in focus, but you, you do a couple things that inspire me. And I was and then I want to I want to tell you those things. And then I want you to talk about the challenges for athletes. But you actually uh, leave the beach cleaner than when you first get there. You always pick up trash, which I love. We have our athletes do that, too. Um, and then personally, in your home life, you actually you actually ask your, your kids, your family to leave their phones at the door. 
Yeah. <laughs> and I, I really like that. I, I was wondering if you could just talk about that a little bit because that's that's pretty bold. Yeah, I, I need to keep on working on that that one with the phones, <laughs> but sometimes it's easier, especially at this point, just to let them have it. Uh, <laughs> so that, that's something that's always going to be evolving. But the the trash thing was, I make my kids do it too. Um, if I'm walking, for instance, I'm walking and I see a trash can and there's trash on along the way when I'm going surfing, I'll just grab it and pick it up and put it in the trash and I won't even think twice about it. Um, even during these coronavirus days, it doesn't bother me. Uh, but it's just more of, I've, I've been doing that for a long time. Um, I saw, it was Mike Dodd and Tim Hovland and maybe Brent Frohoff and maybe Tim Walmer back in the day down at Marine Street. And I was walk, just walking with them as a younger um, pro at the point, at that point. And I was just like, wow, what, what are you guys doing picking up the trash? It wasn't theirs, obviously. It was just someone who, you know, dropped it and just didn't even think about picking it up. And that took me like, if you guys can do that, I can easily do it. And then paying it forward, if a gold medalist can pick up trash, you guys can definitely pick up trash. For sure. so I don't think you're above picking up trash. And I, again, I make my kids do it as well. And they're like, okay. So then you'll see them do it on their own. I think that's kind of, I mean, we, we have one beach. Just keep it clean. Yeah. And challenges for the, for your athletes now, what, what do you see as the biggest challenge for them? The biggest challenge is probably, there's a lot of, I would say focus, focus in the, I wish they had a better ability to deal with, um, challenge, meaning when they aren't playing at their best is learning how to deal with that and make adjustments and, do the best you can for that practice. I think oh. that, as opposed to just getting frustrated and more frustrated and not dealing with the situation and just saying, I'm just having a bad day, is grinding through those bad days and understanding how to manage your practice based on one performance of that practice and two, um, getting the best getting something out of that practice as opposed to just saying, I'm just having a bad day. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, e, I do want to respect your time. Um, let's, let's maybe call this part one. Maybe we'll do a part two another time, but just want to quickly let you uh, talk about any social media handles or websites that you'd like to share. I just on Instagram, Eric at Eric Fenoy. Um, I do Facebook, but again, all those things I'm trying to put out there is more of inspirational, not look at me, look what I'm doing now. <laughs> um, that would be fun. But at this point, it's trying to get something out there that people can learn from and be inspired by. Well, you're truly inspiring to me. And uh, I really, really appreciate you coming on and, and sharing some thoughts and, and some mindset with us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. All right. Thanks, buddy. I'll talk to you soon. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for joining me on Within the Game podcast. Visit withinthegame.com for show notes and links on everything we talked about today. You can also subscribe to the mailing list, which will give you exclusive content from each guest, as well as more resources to help you stay inspired in and out of your game. Follow us on Instagram at Within the Game podcast.